Welcome to Holy Savior Sermons, bringing you the weekend sermons given at Holy Savior Church. So a question for you as we get rolling here this morning. The question is this, what is one of your favorite desserts? Now think about that for just a moment. You know, one of those desserts that is just so enticing, so tempting, so alluring that it's hard to turn away from. You know, when you smell the aroma or you, you see it there, it's like, oh, I just, I, I got to have it. Even if you're on a diet, even if you're like me and, you know, I don't usually eat a lot of sweets, there's, sometimes there's that one dessert that it's just hard to say no to. Something you just want to gobble up, something you want to devour. Well, think about that for a moment and, and take a moment here and, and turn to someone next to you close by and just really quick, share, you know, one of your favorite kind of, I can almost never say no to this desserts. I can hear some of you kind of laughing and, and chuckling at each other. I can hear a few of you going, oh, that sounds so good. You know, I, again, I'm not much of a sweet tooth, but one of the desserts that's really hard to say no to, especially if it's fresh baked, you know, at home and pulled out of the oven, is a chocolate chip cookie. Oh, man, I could just taste it now. You just pull it apart, and the, the chocolate just kind of oozing. And, and, and with a glass of milk, it's so good to eat like two or three of those. Stop. <laughs> just two or three. Stop. You know, and it, I could pass by a lot of other desserts, but that's really, that is so hard to pass by one of those chocolate chip cookies. They're so good. Well, you know, this morning we're going to begin a new series for the three weeks here left in September called Forgiveness. We're going to explore forgiveness. We're going to explore forgiveness, you know, what it is, what it's not, why it's so important for us. I mean, it, it really, it's, it's basic mathematics. So we're back in school now. It's time for some math. One person plus one person, you know, or one person plus many other persons is a relationship. And when you have a relationship, when you have more than one person, you are bound to probably have moments when somebody unintentionally misspeaks or maybe intentionally misspeaks, does something selfish. Somehow somebody is left hurting, intentional or not. And in a relationship, it's easy for that, that rift to grow. And so there's such great value in, you know, living forgiveness and understanding what forgiveness is for us personally and our relationship with God, but also what forgiveness is for us in relationship to one another, whether it's people we know or even people we don't know. You know, forgiveness is required when relationships are taken seriously. Now think about that just for a moment. Forgiveness is required when relationships are taken seriously. Because if you're going to take a relationship seriously, you're going to have to forgive. It's one of the key things that I have conversations with when I meet with couples who are, you know, hoping to get, planning to get married, you know, usually in a number of months is to help them understand, you know, what their relationship is like. And so often couples come and they're like, oh, we never have a fight. We've always, we've had a great conversation, never have a fight, which then is often a challenge to the pastor. Not that I'm trying to cause conflict, but it's easy <laughs> to ask the right questions and to prod to see that yeah, actually you begin to see that there is conflict there. And that's part of living together with other people. 
whether it's your spouse, whether it's your parents, your children, a roommate, co-workers, classmates, congregational members. You know, we, we live in relationship to other people. And as we live in relationship to other people, there will be those moments when hurt, when words are spoken, when actions are taken or not taken. And it's easy for that rift in that relationship to grow. So forgiveness is of such great value to us. So we talk about forgiveness, you know, we talk about something that we should, you know, and we opened up with some dessert that we just love, we just can't say no to, that we just would devour and eat up. Well, God speaks about that and, you know, the blessings that he gives us about devouring, consuming his blessings. Psalm 34, it says these words, taste and see that the Lord is good. And ultimately what the Lord offers us in love, in a relationship that he has with us in Jesus is forgiveness. Because sins, our sins, the sins of others, they have a way of causing a rift in the relationship we have with God. And God does not want that rift to remain. And so he offers to you and me forgiveness. Well, we heard the parable, a familiar parable story that Jesus tells that of, you know, the prodigal son, the wayward son. And this really is a story of forgiveness. The context when Jesus is telling this story is the whole crowd of people gathered around him, as they often did to hear Jesus talk about, teach about God's word, about living in relationship to God. And in that relationship conversation, you know, there are the Pharisees, the religious leaders of the day, who when they saw the relationship that the people had with God and God had with them, it really was based on their obedience. And they often left the people feeling as if there was no way that God could love me or forgive me. And so Jesus tells this parable about a father and two sons. A parable about a father and two sons. A son, the younger son, who's like, Dad, you know, if you were dead already, I'd have my inheritance. And that's really what he's saying to his dad. Dad, I wish you were dead. Because then I could have my inheritance and I could just go do my own thing. And culturally, the father should have said, well, guess what, son? Doesn't matter if I'm dead or alive. You're getting nothing. Get out. Go. Goodbye. Don't come back. And as my dad would say, don't let the doorknob hit you on your behind on the way out. But instead, the father is unusually gracious gives the son his inheritance. And what does the son do? Well, that son, he goes and he squanders, you know, what he has. He goes and he lives a life that he wants to live. I mean, I don't know about you. If you suddenly had, I don't, we don't know how much the son had. We just know he had his inheritance. And his inheritance was not only money, but it was the property and probably the value of that property. Probably the value of property that had been in the family for generations. And so you know that living here in Nebraska, that, you know, you have property that's been in the family for generations. And he gets rid of all of that so that he can live the life that he wants to live. I imagine in some ways it's kind of like, you know, winning the lottery. I don't know if you ever play the lottery or not. I don't play because the chances of winning are so very slim. But sometimes you think of that person winning a couple million dollars or a billion dollars. What would you do? What would you do if you suddenly had $20 million? I'll just let you ponder that for just a moment. And as you think about that, you know, what... History shows us that most of the people that win these big 
plots of money from like the lottery. Do you know what happens within a few years? Most of them are broke. They're kind of like this son who thought I have plenty of money. I'm going to live the life I want to live. And then suddenly they come around and say, oh, wow, we're in a deep recession. I can't afford to make payments on things that I bought well beyond what I could afford to buy, even though I had a lot of money to buy stuff with. And I have a lot of stuff, but nothing to show for it. And I'm broke. And so I imagine he's, you know, living on someone's couch. And if you've ever had someone, you know, like bum on your couch for a while, he's living on someone's couch and he's hanging out, eating their food, you know, bumming off of them. And they're finally like, dude, we've had enough of you, you know, go feed the pigs. Again, culturally, you know, the, the feeding pigs was not the thing to do because they were Hebrew people. That had been a no-no. That made them unclean, yet he's feeding the pigs. Feeding the pigs, and he's so hungry that he would even think about eating what the pigs are eating. And I don't know, how many of you have ever fed pigs before? How many would eat what the pigs are eating? Yeah, it was kind of nasty. And so, you know, he begins thinking about it, you know, his dad and going back home. and like, God, I really blew it with dad. But, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, you know, dad's kind of a good guy. Maybe I can come back and I can kind of convince him that, hey, you know, dad, I really screwed up. J- just give me a job. I'll work in one of the little houses that your, you know, farmhands live in. And I'll, it's better than eating food with the pigs and having nothing at all. And so he's walking back home, kind of running this through his head. I don't know if you've ever done that before, before you had a conversation with somebody. Like maybe your parents or your spouse, your boss, you run through the whole conversation in your head. I, I do that sometimes. I'll be honest. What will I say? How might it go? What if they say this? Well, if they say this, I should say that. So he's working this all through in his head, you know, and he's a long distance off, you know, and again, this is a story of a father and two sons, but it's even more than that. It's a father, two sons, and really a whole community. And plus the people who are listening to this story. And so while uh, the son is still a long ways off, the father, you know, runs out to greet him. And we've talked about this story before that there, there is a practice that the community was going to sell, tell the son before the father, you know, would stay at home that you are not welcomed here. You have no place with us. There is no forgiveness for you. But the father runs ahead of all of that. You know, when you think about forgiveness, some things to think about with forgiveness is forgiveness is not about It's not a position of weakness. Sometimes we often think of forgiveness being a position of weakness. And that simply could have been the way that we saw the father, a position of weakness. He's a wimp, you know, giving into his son. This is a father whose power is love. And in that love, he forgives. And so what does he do? He runs ahead of what the custom practice was for the community to disown the son and tell him to go away. And then he embraces his son before his son can even get a word out. And I just imagine the son is starting to speak. Hey, dad, I, you know, and he's getting ready to rehearse what he wants to say. And his dad just goes, Shh. but dad, it's, Shh. but dad, Shh. and he embraces his son and he calls out. So everyone hears, bring a robe, put a robe around his shoulders, put a ring on his finger, kill the fattened calf. Because we are going to celebrate. They're going to have a party. Because the son of mine who is lost is now found. This is a father whose power to forgive comes from the love that he has. And the love that he has gives him the power to forgive. So the son, you know, 
this, this son who had went and squandered who knows how much the family's fortune, his inheritance is forgiven. You know, forgiveness is often seen as a position of weakness, but really is a position of great power because the power is love. Now, when one forgives, forgiveness does not mean, does not invalidate any pain or hurt that occurred. So the father probably felt really hurt by what his son said. And it doesn't invalidate the hurt that he had. But still, he forgives. And forgiveness isn't always easy. Forgiveness can be really tough. I don't know about you. If you've forgiven someone, you know, sometimes it's pretty easy. But sometimes it's really tough. Sometimes it takes a lot of time. Again, forgiveness is required when relationships are taken seriously. So now we got this party going on. You know, there's a lot of noise. They've got the fattened calf. People are gathered around. The father's excited. His son is home. He's forgiven him. And then comes the older brother. He's worked all day long on the farm. And you kind of imagine what he's like. He's just standing out there shaking his head. I can't believe it. I can't believe he'd do that. This bum brother of mine who left everything, told dad, I wish he were dead, squandered everything. And now dad is forgiving him. Dad has killed a fattened calf for him. Can't believe it. And the father comes outside to his son. He says, come on inside. Come on, your brother's back. Let's, let's come and celebrate. And he's like, dad, you, you never threw a party for me like this. I stayed here and I worked hard all this time. I never abandoned you. It's like, son, your brother was lost, but now he's found. And he's, he's back home again. I've forgiven him. Like, come on, let's, let's, go, let's go party. Let's go celebrate. And the older son is out there. Just, no, I can't. I don't see how you could do this. See, part of the, what we don't see in the story, what we do see in the story, and maybe we don't quite think about in the story, is that both sons and really the entire community have a screwed up perspective. The relational perspective is all messed up because they don't understand. They don't really know their father. Their father loves them. And in that love, he forgives them. In many ways, it's like us. Sometimes we're like the young son, you know, and we've gone off and done our own thing. We think we got to come up with some reason, we, some excuse, something we have to do to show, to prove to God that we deserve at least a little bit of grace or mercy. But God's like, don't say a word. I forgive you. Sometimes we're like the older brother. And we look and we think, you know, I've worked hard. I've been in church a lot more than those people have. I've come to church every Sunday. I volunteer. I do things. I live a pretty good life. And God, you're going to forgive that person? And God says, you really don't know me. Forgiveness is all about relationships. And it's really about the relationship our God has with us, most especially in his son, Jesus Christ. Again, forgiveness is not a position of weakness. It was not a position of weakness that God has forgiveness, but a position of love and a power of love.
Forgiveness doesn't validate or invalidate the hurt that God had when humanity sinned against him and we sin against him. But his love moves him to forgive. Forgiveness may not be easy, but God gives us the power to forgive. And we see that most especially in the life that he gives through his son, Jesus Christ, and that blood that was shed for us. Forgiveness is required if we're going to take relationships seriously. So take a moment, look at the people around you. These are some of the people that we are in relationship with. If you're at home, take a look. Think about some of the other people you're in relationship with. You know, you will, they will hurt you and you will hurt them. They will say things and do things. I will say things and do things that we hurt one another. It is easy for that rift to grow in a relationship. But as we see in this story that Jesus tells, it's a story that he understands the mix of people that he is with as he tells the story to those who doubt that God could ever love and forgive them, to those that doubt that God should love and forgive anyone but them. To say God's forgiveness is in love. And that relationship we have with our God, with our Father, that relationship with love gives us the power to forgive, to forgive as we have been forgiven. So here's a challenge going out to this new week here. As you think about forgiveness, the challenge is kind of twofold. One, think about the people that you are in relationship with. I'm giving you just a moment to think about that. Start making that list in your head. You know, spouse, children, coworkers, classmates, friends, roommates, congregational members, you know, those on your bowling team, golf team, card team, whatever group you're a part of. And those relationships you have and the value you have in those relationships. And think of the value that God has placed on his relationship with you. That he gave his one and only begotten son to die. That you might live in him. That you might live in forgiveness. So you think about those relationships that you have. And think about the value of those relationships that you take seriously. How has and how can forgiveness continue to be a part of that relationship? And maybe one of the first things you need to begin to understand and begin to think about and begin to say, how will I do this? Is how will I forgive as I have been forgiven? How will I live and understand my heavenly father and his forgiveness for me? Let's pray. Lord God, as we see in this parable that Jesus tells so many years ago, It is a story that was so relevant for the crowd that was gathered there on that day. But it's also a story that is relevant for us today. Because, Lord, by um, our evidence here this morning, we don't live all by ourselves, you know, in some cave. We, We live in relationship to other people. And, Lord, living in relationship to other people, especially when we take those relationships seriously, Lord, sin creeps in. We say things, we do things, intentional or not that we cause pain. Others say things and do things, intentional or not, that cause us pain. And Lord, it's easy for us to hold on to that pain, to hold on to those regrets. But Lord, you call us to forgive as we are in relationship with you, to forgive as you have forgiven us. Lord, it's not always easy. (laughs) Lord, it's almost never easy. Sometimes it seems almost impossible. But with you, all things are possible. Help us, Lord, learn how to live in 
and to live through the forgiveness you have for us in Jesus. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. For more information about Holy Savior, including service times and location, please visit holysavior.org. Thanks for listening, and until next time, God bless.